This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by Malcare. Learn more about Malcare at malcare.com. You've heard me talk about Malcare before, but they're back with some interesting updates. Not only are they the WordPress plugin with instant WordPress malware removal, well, let me read some of these features. Deep malware scanning. They know about malware that other plugins don't. Number two, that one-click malware removal process makes it super easy to remove from your WordPress website. And number three, a new feature called Autobot Ultra Defense System. Okay, I made that Ultra Defense System part up, but get this, it automatically blocks the bots hitting your website. So not only does that protect your website, but in the long run, it'll improve speed of your site from not letting those bots through the doors. Check out Malcare at malcare.com. That's malcare.com. I don't want to be a malware specialist. You don't either. Check out malcare.com. Thanks for supporting the show. This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by SearchWP. Find SearchWP at searchwp.com. Let's talk about the power of their metrics add-on for a moment. Since I redesigned The Matt Report website, I put Search front and center on my homepage. Why? SearchWP metrics! Metrics give me the inside data to what visitors on my site are looking for. I love the graphs and the actionable advice that it provides me. I can make informed decisions to create new content or optimize existing content that my audience is searching for. Remember when Google gave you all of that search data? Yeah, it was great. Back then, way back then, when they gave it to us. They don't give it to us anymore. Put on-site search front and center for your visitors. Get that data back. Get SearchWP at searchwp.com along with their metrics add-on. That's searchwp.com. Thanks for supporting the show. Today's guest used to sit on the opposite sides of the WordPress hosting competition table from me. At one point in his career, he was pumping out content on Kinsta's blog like an absolute machine while I was raging against that machine selling would-be customers on Pagely's hosting stack. So where is Brian Jackson, former marketer at Kinsta now? He co-found Forge Media with his brother Brett and have released three unique plugins, two of which help WordPress site owners optimize their sites for ranking and social sharing. Oh, they tossed a coupon plugin in there too to help affiliates increase their sales for good measure. Once friend of me, now Matt Report guest, I'm excited to share this conversation with you today. You're listening to the Matt Report podcast for the resilient digital business builder. Subscribe to the newsletter, mattreport.com slash subscribe, and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Better yet, please share this episode on social media. The more love we get, the more listeners there are around here. Okay. Don't forget to listen to the WP Minute Podcast. It's weekly WordPress news in under five minutes. Well, I just said it every week. The WPMinute.com. It's the WPMinute.com. Subscribe to the newsletter there. Brian Jackson, here we go. I am running just a small little agency with my brother. We're both the co-founders of Forge Media, that's what it's called. And we have a kind of a marketing blog where we talk about WordPress related stuff and marketing and SEO. And then our main focus is actually our, we have three different WordPress plugins that we develop. One is a coupon plugin for like affiliate marketers. Another one is a social sharing plugin that's really kind of focused on the performance aspect of it. And then we have our Perf Matters plugin, which is basically trying to tweak WordPress to get it to be as fast as it can. Kind of a complement to some of the other performance plugins that are already out there. So like we see a lot of people using ours along with another one. Yeah, I'm going to take this uh, in the reverse order when we had our pre-interview, something that just struck me. What is the attraction to social sharing 
plugins. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things. Whereas, isn't this solved already? Shouldn't it be solved by WordPress at this point? Social media is obviously here to stay. We're recording this in the year 2021. You'd think that those buttons, those things for sharing your articles and your posts out would have been solved already. What is the attraction to that? What What's so good you about would, that business? Um, and actually, or I would actually say... Since we've been in developing our Perfmatters plugin for a while, and now we're developing our social sharing plugin, the social sharing plugin is actually more complex to develop than our performance one. Sounds strange, but behind the scenes, there's a lot more that goes on, especially once you get into doing the social share counters and how to make that work for performance um, stuff. And then just Pinterest is just a nightmare to work with because you have your things like you click a Pinterest image and it brings up all the images on the page there you can you know select there's different things you have to go through and wordpress is just never going to be up to par compared to the social sharing plugins i think wordpress will get to the point where you'll eventually have a nice block with i want these three buttons here's my block i'll drag it into the widget we're pretty much close to that but as far as going beyond that i don't think wordpress ever wants to even tackle <laughs> what we're kind of doing with the social sharing plugins yeah. and as a marketer, I've always liked sharing plugins because uh, especially working at Kinsta, like we saw a lot of the data, like lots of people shared our content. And so I, I know they work. And then you have other people using tools like Buffer that maybe don't click the buttons, but they do it a different way. So I'll become come clean on this conversation. Like I never use a sh social share button on a site, largely because I just use the native integration with my iPhone. Sure. generally when I'm reading something or from on my laptop, I copy paste or hit the old buffer buffer icon in my in my brave extension. And I, I run it that way. But all of that is to say that probably there's some psychological sense in the mere fact of having an icon on a page to remind somebody like, oh, yes, you should be sharing this. Don't don't forget it. So there's probably a little yeah. bit of that baked in. Yeah. You know, even if you don't use the button. And, and same with the social share reminder. accounts, too. I've actually I wish social share accounts never existed to begin with. I just I, I hope they all die eventually, in my opinion. But the reason they work is, like you said, that there's a psychological thing behind seeing like, oh, this post has 1,200 shares. Like maybe I should actually read through this or something and see what, what is in here. So yeah, a lot yeah. of it is psychological, I think, with the social sharing for sure. Product owner slash maker, I presume that you're the, the sort of like the, the, the architect, you sort of do the blueprint, but then your brother goes and, and develops the features that, that you might sketch out, for lack of a better phrase, sketch out, and then you say, hey, this would be a great way to use it. I assume something like the NovaShare plugin, like you said, it's a complex plugin behind the scenes, but at the same time, like you're trying to dumb it down to as simplistic as possible so that somebody who's just futzing around like, I need to get a social share plugin on this site right now. I need to activate it. Like you have milliseconds to get that person to experience adding a social share plugin or they're just like, nope, deactivate, delete, yep. move on to the next one. Like it's, it's a fine craft in order to get the most simplistic plugins activated and usable. One thing that works in our advantage, I think, is neither of us are good designers. We're just, we can't do it. If you give me a blank slate, I can't do anything with it. Now, if you give me blank slate and I have to write something, I can do that. <laughs> but I can't design WordCraft and neither can my brother. So we actually take advantage of the native WordPress UI in all of our plugin settings. So I actually like it that way better because then you don't have to learn a whole new UI all over again. I hate these plugins with these 
brand new UIs, you have to learn like where's all this stuff. So we just take advantage default WordPress UI for all the settings and works for us because we're not designers. <laughs> it just looks like WordPress still. And then I actually think it improves the onboarding because you're not like, where is, why does this look crazy? What are these toggles, all this stuff? So yeah, so I... It, like you said, though, you have a few seconds until you lose someone. I'm the same way, too. I'll go into a new plugin. I try it and like, if I can't figure out something or see it a doc explaining how to do it, like I'm, yeah, I'm probably gone. So, so th- this is a good segue into just talking about like all the plugins that you're building, including the the Perf Matters plugin and the Cubons plugin. How do you allow yourself, or how do you wrangle in? that expectation to just put all the features and everything, the kitchen sink into all of these plugins. Yeah, it's a good point. And I think what has worked well for us in the past and hopefully will continue to work is being a WordPress user for so long myself for like over a decade. I've used every social sharing plugin in the book, tried them all. And I've used all the performance optimization plugins. I've used them all. And just over the years, finding things that really annoyed me and I couldn't do easily. That's kind of what we've started our business around. Like, here's how I would do it myself in a different way. We started building on that kind of methodology. And then right now, it's kind of morphed into what are we still trying to do? Because Google's constantly changing stuff with performance. You have the Web Vitals stuff coming. So like, there's things constantly changing, like Facebook's updating their share API. You're always having to change and adapt as the plugins go on. But I think we... Yeah. My brother and I just always look at it like, how would we do this if we were the user? Because we are the user still. And that's worked really well for us in the past. So There's an overhead to this stuff that a lot of people are not aware of. The more features you put in, especially in your case, where not only do you have to build the feature and support that feature, you also have to be aware what Google's changing what Pinterest is changing. You start rolling out these features and you're like, hey, there's 15 social media sites we integrate with. And now that's 15 APIs or whatever. You have to, yep. you have to watch. <laughs> and I think a lot of people forget about that. And also to the point of your UI decisions, not being a designer, the worst thing the product makers do is attempt <laughs> to be a designer. <laughs> and then they're like, they, then they make those interfaces and you're like, why did you even just use what WordPress gave you? You would have saved time, money, and no one's trying to figure out how the heck to use this thing. The UI is actually a good point too with if you keep adding features over time, say you want to move this stuff to a different tab. Usually stuff like that's going to actually require a migrator is what we call, what my brother and I call it, a migrator on the back end, running code to migrate the feature as that person toggles it on there to get rid of the old one. And that migrator code has to stay in there until and pretty much forever. Or you can you know, rip it out like two or three years later and say like, I think everyone's probably gone and toggled this on here and moved. But like all of that stuff adds overhead. So like we are always thinking like, where can we put this long-term? Because we don't want to put migrators in here later down the road to move everything again. So like lots of people don't think that through. Even we were consumed with that a little bit. It's like, wow, this is... Yeah, this is hard to change later down the road too. So. so let's talk about Perf Matters plugin. Doesn't seem to me anyway, like the easiest plugin to bring into the market. I feel like it takes, not taking anything away from you and your brother, but it takes a lot of technical stuff that one would look at and be like, man, do we really want to build and test this? I'm trying to find market adoption at the same time of, as developing. And it's like, 
social plugin or another form plugin. <laughs> Probably sometimes, maybe sometimes you're like, I should have built a form plugin. How did you prepare to jump into the market with that? What did what did you do in the past that said, you know what, this is the plugin for me, and I think um, like that plugin itself. We actually started developing it while I was at Kinsta, and mainly because you know how hosting goes. Like no matter how good the host is it doesn't fix all the WordPress problems like it on the site itself. So like a host won't fix all the code issues. Usually it will help speed it up to as fast as you can get it. And that's why I always recommend using a host like Kinsta or Pagely or even, even WP Engine, like any of those bigger tier hosts. But I, I just kept seeing things that like, I need to tweak this, I need to tweak this. And so over time, I there's a free plugin like called Code Snippets. I don't know if you ever use that one, but... I ended up with 20 to 30 code snippets running all these different filters and functions on my site. And I was like, this is getting ridiculous. Let's. And so I actually asked my brother if we could put it into a plugin. And then I started using it myself just on our own sites for a while. And eventually it morphed into like, what if we just packaged this up and actually maybe other people would be interested in it. And what we found was a lot of other yeah. developers and agencies we're doing the same thing. They had like all these code snippets running all these different places and just having one plugin where they could kind of do all these tweaks just with little toggles made it a lot easier. Was your brother already doing he WordPress was a, development? Before he was this, a full-time WordPress developer, but for a, he was in like the health space for a different corporation. So Got it. So you, you didn't really have to twist his arm to convince you not, or to convince not him really. to, um, to join? He, he actually used to live out here in Arizona and he worked there based here locally. I actually used to work for the same company too, but he used to work in a cubicle and all this stuff. And eventually he moved back to Washington state, but still was like when you're coding things to help fix people's back pain, it's just, it's not as exciting <laughs> as uh, it gets old after a while. Yeah. And that's actually why I left that company eventually too. Cause like I'm trying to market certain back surgeries and all this stuff is just like, I don't really, I want to help people, but like, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't have back I, uh, pain. I, I just, don't know how I to talk about it. I can't put my whole heart into this really. So finally started getting into the performance stuff and left that place. And, but yeah, he, I didn't have to twist his arm at all. He was ready to do his own thing too. So it kind of worked out great. So for the person who's listening, who's developing her new plugin right now or her new SaaS service or some service or product based in the WordPress world, if you can recall back to when you first launched the plugin, what was on your to-do list first in terms of marketing? Blog, email? If you could do it again, would you do something different in order to get the word out about One the plugin? One thing I've never done, and I hate myself for doing this as a marketer, especially, is... I actually never set up an email list for our plugins. And then it, over time, it morphed into like, well, now I don't have half the people and I just never did it. So I wish yeah. I would have done that from day one because we were so heavy into email marketing at Kinsta. So I know it works. It's one thing I do email marketing from day one, like have a checkbox there. If they buy your plugin or product, whatever it is, like have them at least the ability to opt into your newsletter. It's, I wish I had done that from day one. I might still go back and do that. But again, you're like, I've lost two or three years worth of people in there. So that's one thing. I think choosing the right e-commerce system is really, really important. I don't regret what we did. We went with easy digital downloads. I'm not a huge fan of WooCommerce just because it's the overhead is a lot more than EDD. But it depends on what you're selling to. If you're going a physical product, I would have probably gone with WooCommerce. So if you're... yeah. And by overhead, you're you're probably referring to like the same thing we were just talking about. Like it's not even just like the price, but it's 
it's just like all the, just the way it approaches digital yeah. sales and like all the yep. stuff you have to do to just get yep. a digital product it's too. Like it just has to run more with yep. all that stuff. It's a bigger product and there's no way you can get the scripts as small as like easy digital downloads because they're a lot more niche focused. So, but if you're doing just digital stuff, I love you never have regretted that decision. They're about to roll out. They've been working on like EDD 3.0 for like a year plus now and it's it's going to be really cool. So I'm excited. Well, yeah. More like yeah, five I'll, years. I give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> but yeah, it really has been like five years. But yeah. I'm really excited because I've been playing with the beta of that. And it's really cool reports coming in. So, But e-commerce platforms, definitely important. I probably... I So what I did was... I'm a big fan of SEO and content. And what I did was I actually strategically wrote our docs to rank. Instead of doing the blog route, I... I do like keyword research on every documentation thing we write. So if there's different ways I can word it slightly to kind of uh, keyword that better, I do that. So that has kind of been like a replacement for a blog. And if you have, that's worked really well for us. So like maybe if you're a developer, have a plugin, if you don't have time for a blog, because really we didn't, we didn't either, but I knew content works. So we kind of went with the documentation approach. Just, you can go like treat it, as a 2,000 or 3,000 word documentation post. Awesome. Yeah. And so it might be like how to uh, optimize or how to optimize your WordPress site on Kinsta. And it might be your article talking about your documentation article. Maybe you have a special API key that integrates yeah. with Kinsta yeah. or whatever, maybe something like that. But you'd have those keywords where you're answering what will be an eventual question from a customer. <laughs> but you're, you're also giving it that sprinkle on top where if somebody's searching for it in Google, it's also going to no. solve that. The that one downfall we have seen from that is, and it's not really a huge issue, but if you have any like voting system in place, we have a little like thumbs up, thumbs down thing on our docs that if you put the thumbs down, it just lets you like put in a comment to say like why you didn't like it or what we could improve. We get a lot of thumbs down because I guess I've done too good with the documentation or something. So like people like how to disable emojis in WordPress. And like our documentation is how to use our plugin to disable emojis in WordPress. And everyone wants to not buy our plugin, but figure <coughs> out how to disable emojis in WordPress. So they're like, thumbs down for trying to sell me on your plugin. And I was like, I'm sorry, I wrote yeah. too good of a doc, I guess. <laughs> sorry. That's Google's fault, in my opinion. <laughs> the the inner the internet's a funny place. I have a eight-year-old Gravity Forms video that people still comment on. Up and they're day. like, this isn't... Like, how did... This doesn't even look the same. Like, did you look at the date yep. of the YouTube video? It's eight years old. What did you yep. What did you think so, was going to happen? But in that regard, free traffic is free traffic. So it's never a bad thing. I'm just going to pause for a second here. I don't know why this AC unit's making the sound. One second. And it's back. It's it's off. I don't know why. All right. The, the YouTube viewers will enjoy that because the YouTube is totally unedited. That's the value of watching the YouTube watching the YouTube channel. Let's talk about the product market fit itself. You start writing the documentation. It starts ranking. What was your first order of operation to get connected with agencies and hosting um, providers? A lot of it was because, again, we with our first plugin there, we started building it while I was at Kinsta already. So like I would say we had a little traction when we finally left. Like We had been I had probably been writing docs for like a year, like just in the evening, slowly building it up and stuff. So our NovaShare one is probably a better example because that one we launched after I left Kinsta. So like that was a brand new plug we launched just with nothing. And that one we've slowly just been 
ranking the docs, huge, important thing. Social media has been another thing. I love using Twitter and Facebook. So that's not a hard thing for me because I actually enjoy doing it. And another thing was affiliate marketing program. That was, that's been a huge thing for us, actually. We saw it work, I saw it work pretty good at Kinsta. And I've seen it actually even work even better with the plugins. So I'm not sure maybe it works just better with plugins in general all the time, or I've seen that work really well for us though. So, oops. But yeah, reaching out to bloggers and letting them know we have an affiliate program and kind of describing like our our plugin and what it does and like how it might stack up to some of the other ones that are out there already. And then just kind of going from there and then kind of building on the affiliate marketers and that kind of will snowball over time. But it's not, there's no overnight easy success. So just a fair warning to everyone. It's like, it's a slow, yeah. it's just a slow grind. Yeah. Especially affiliates, right? Cause you, you want to try to reach out to the air quotes, good ones that are out there. Right. And, and you want to make sure that they're providing the most accurate and up-to-date information, which plugin did you use for affiliates in the back and also Pippin's EGP affiliate? Yeah. WP? That's oh, what we used. Um, works really great. We've, I've never had a single problem with it. The Supporting the business, let's move into or supporting the plugins, either one. Was that new to you? Coming from Kinsley, you probably saw what it was like to support a WordPress website or an end user. You start marketing, you are ranking, you're making these connections, you're selling it now. Any surprise on supporting the stuff? Because again, I feel like at least the perf matters is you're, I mean, you're going to, you're probably going to have people ask you some real technical questions where it's not just restart yeah. your laptop, try it again. <laughs> like it's going to be something like, Hey, these three lines in my JavaScript file are getting corrupted every time I hit. It's like, Oh man, like I have to get really deep with these customers. Uh, no, or, yeah. or maybe so, not. Like for our Perf Matters plugin, I would say we get 10 times the amount of tickets as we do for our social media plugin or our uh, coupon plugin. And we knew that was going to happen. This optimization is tricky. And even if you make it a single toggle, like, it might not work on someone else's site. It might need a slight fix on our end to work with that theme or yeah, there's all sorts of different problems that can go with performance optimization. And so like a, a part of my day is doing support tickets like every single day. Like I wake up and basically my brother and I wake up and we try to bang out support tickets first thing. So by noon, we can actually like he goes back to like coding and I don't really hear from him for a couple hours. And then I yeah and then i'll go back, back into to the dungeon and documentation and like whatever's <laughs> in my trello board but yeah i would say a good half of our day now is spent just doing tickets and we use just a shared gmail inbox we found that it works um really great for us with two people i know that doesn't work once you get lots of people but we use um the filters aggressively and then we have our contact form push in different labels dynamically based on what they choose so when it comes in we can see like oh, this is a feature request for Perf Matters and then a filter supply to it in Gmail. And so when we get up, like we can see boom, 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 like kind of what we have already without without any work. So there's a, a there's a lead of customer success right now just throwing <laughs> a laptop around the room going, I can't believe they just yeah. use a single Gmail yeah. inbox. Well, we're coming from Kinsley, we used Intercom and all of these crazy tools to do the to do the support and stuff. And yeah, and then just going to a shared Gmail inbox. It's kind of refreshing, to be honest, because it's very, very simple. But yeah, that's our workflow. And like, I have my Trello board. My brother has his development Trello board. So that's how we do that. But yeah, the- What does a long-term long vision of this this company with your brother look like? Like, are you, are you looking to just keep it you and him? Or is it, are you starting to feel like, okay, we're growing- this whole like nine to 12, just doing support. We need to bring somebody on. 
Is that a, is that in the cards in the future? Or are you trying I, to keep I think it we're going to try to see how it goes here within the next year or two. We we're trying not to bring anyone else on board because I've seen at multiple startups how that works, and it just adds so much more complications to things like. And then if you grow too big, you you got to do an HR department, and it just gets out of control really really fast. So like we're purposely wanting to stay very very small, and the nice thing about that is our overhead is also really small. Too. So that's one reason why we're, we're also not just trying to add every single feature in the book to try to just get every sale we possibly can. We're, we're more specific about what we're adding and trying to stay small and nimble. I would, I would say for people out there, staying small and nimble definitely has a lot of advantages. Even things like yeah. taking advantage. I'm not a big fan of lifetime deals, but you know, I snag them when I see them too. I'm not, you'd be stupid if you don't. And so like EDD had a lifetime sale last year they ran. I was like, okay, I, I, you know, I bought it without hesitation within minutes and just, yeah, it's like a thousand thousand bucks, bucks, but like bills like like that, that that you can just get rid of and wipe them out forever. If you're small and nimble, like it makes a huge difference. Whereas if you're a 30 person company might not, not, might not matter as much, but yeah. So yeah, staying small and nimble has advantages. I would say for sure. Yeah. How do you balance the the response of the, of the folks? Well, let's talk about how Perf Matters sits into the overall competition of plugins. And when we had our pre-interview, <clears throat> I asked you about like the caching plugins and stuff like that. Seems to be a booming market if they're if you're doing it well. Do you have customers who come to you who are like even on this whole thing of of pricing and value and lifetime deals? I feel like sometimes people go word average WordPress customers go. Well, $100 for this, all it does is this one little thing. I'm not going to pay $100 when X plugin does it. I bought a lifetime license for $49. I'll never have to pay again for free. How do you position Perf Matters to a caching plugin? Heck, even a, even a Yoast SEO, because I think sometimes people f- throw that into the mix of, of site optimization. How do you position it to your customers when they ask um, you what the difference is? First off, I think with all of our plugins, we've approached them in a slightly different way. So like, and I probably every plugin developer will say that, but I, I think we do have some things that are unique to us. But another thing that is another advantage of staying small and nimble is like, I, I think our support is hands down the best out of probably any of the other plugins out there. And it's, we clear our tickets out by noon every single day. We respond typically within 20 minutes sometimes to people like your ticket will be solved the same day, regardless. I won't go to sleep until it's solved. That's that's one advantage to us. And so we get a lot of people reaching out saying, uh, can you do this or can you do that? And I'll take the time. I'll take 20 minutes and respond to them with a lengthy email sometimes. Here's how to do this. And then we'll win over a customer that way. So once you grow too big, you have to bang things out quicker and as fast as possible. And the quality just goes down. And so I, I don't mind taking more time out and doing emails like that. So that's one advantage I think we have over yeah. some of our competitors. And another thing is we've kind of put ourselves in a niche to kind of work alongside the competitors. So like WP Rocket, great example. Everybody has it. It's probably on 90% of the sites I work on <laughs> for clients. But like they started primarily as a caching plugin. That's how they started. And then they started adding all the optimizations after that. But uh, for us... We're like, there's already all these great caching solutions. Hosts like uh, Kinsta, Pagely, WP Engine, you don't need a caching plugin. So we're like, you know what? We're not going to do caching. Skip that. There's other there's other great people doing it. Hosting providers now do it. So we're not going to spend time on that. And that's kind of how we've approached everything out there. Like image optimization, never going to do it. 
you have you have short pixel <laughs> imagify great plugins out there already that do that do it really well we use those plugins so you know what we're not going to do that we then focus on things that other people aren't doing we're trying to fix problems that haven't been solved yet so yeah and you mentioned to me that your best customers are agencies obviously they're well informed they're developing the sites they understand wordpress so it's a great sort of and and you saw firsthand that other agencies were using the the code snippets plugin so you're like yeah th- this makes total sense and if i can address that market and and shape my messaging to it chances are the support eh, won't be as challenging you still probably have challenging support but at least if you're fa- fo- focusing on agencies they have some money yeah. and they kind of get yep. this thing no exactly and we do get all the sorts of users we'll get the i've had people email us saying i just uh yeah. created my first wordpress website today and for some reason, they bought our plugin. I would be like, you know what? I th- I think you need to, <laughs> to learn a little more before you go down even the optimization route. Like, so, but, and then we have people that have installed like literally like 10 different optimization plugins thinking the more they install, the faster it will get, which it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. And so yeah. we have to help those people. Fortunately, I, being small and nimble, I can take the time and help those people that need a little more help than like the agencies that sometimes we'll probably never hear from them because they already have a developer um, that knows WordPress and knows what they're trying to do. And it, yeah, we just never even get a ticket from them ever. So, yeah. You mentioned in pre-interview something about Google Core Web Vitals and how your plugin will at least help you get started, not solve it, I don't think, <laughs> unless you unless you do solve it through your plugin or solve uh, ranking well or optimizing well. Do you have... Any thoughts that you would like to share with people who might not know much about what this upcoming Google Core Web Vitals is, including yours truly, because (laughs) I haven't really dug into any of the stuff uh, that they're rolling out. Is there anything that your plugin aids with that folks should should hop on the chance to use? Google Core Web Vitals, there's all these different kinds of warnings and rules they want you to meet or thresholds. And so basically with our plugin, that's we're entirely focused on Google Core Web Vitals. That's all we're focused on. And we're looking at each individual one of those kind of warnings and seeing how we can fix those basically on people's sites. So yeah, a lot of people are buying our plugin, installing it to help increase their scores with Google Core Web Vitals. Now, if you had asked me five years ago, I would have told you don't use page speed scores at all. Don't Scores don't matter. Unfortunately, the times have changed and I will be the first to admit it. You need to go by the scores now. Unfortunately, that's where we're at. And which is a whole different conversation on like Google uh, yeah. and monopoly oh, yeah. and antitrust. Yeah. For and sure. Like no, it everything. is. And but you know, the times before when I started at Kinsta, this Google Core Web Vitals wasn't even existing. You had PageSpeed Insights, but it wasn't really a ranking factor. So like then you were like looking at total load time. Now load time matters, but you don't look. I don't look at that metric ever. I haven't looked at load time for probably months. What I'm looking at are the Google Core Web Vital scores. Now they do correlate pretty well, so if you score high there, you're probably loading fast anyway. So, but it's changed into before is how fast does your site load, and now it's about how well does the code on your site run. Basically, like how how are you loading the code? It's a lot more complicated <laughs> than it was three or four years ago. So. That's what we're focused on now. And a lot of the optimization plugins are are also focused on that too now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What's next in for marketing for you? Sounds like it's still probably documentation building. You have that chunk of a third of your day or whatever doing support. Do you have a next big idea without sharing maybe the secret sauce of what you're doing, but maybe giving people some some framework of 
of what you think you're, you're going to do next in, for the company? Because we're about, what, two, two and a half years old, uh, this company? Yeah, yeah. Roughly? Probably. Legally, yeah, on paper. So probably. at this... Yeah. Yeah, so at this stage of the game, like, it's not just a, a, a beta test anymore. Like, things are rocking and rolling for for what we can tell. You and your brother, you're spending time supporting people, so you got customers. You're rolling out products, rolling out new features. What does marketing look like next for you? What's the next big leap you think you'll take? Um, a podcast? Not a podcast. I'm going to leave that to people like you that are professionals. That I, I know nothing about podcasts. <laughs> so I, kudos to you because it's one thing, man, I, I could not do that. I, had, I wouldn't even know where to start. But it's the same with like YouTube. I, I've never done YouTube videos in my life. I wouldn't even know where to begin. I'm a blogger. <laughs> That's what I know what to do. So <laughs> I think a big focus for me is actually more content this next year. We actually... My brother and I got into a kind of a bad habit this last year with partially maybe because of COVID too. We got into a slump of like, I was just doing primarily most of the tickets, trying to get them off so he could just do development. And most of my day was just doing tickets and then, and I wasn't doing any writing. And so this year we've kind of been like, okay, let's both wake up. We're both banging them out together. And that way we can both, I'll go write then. And then you can go do the development. So that's actually worked better for us. So rebalancing our kind of workflow. And so, yeah, I have a Trello board with probably like over a hundred topics I want to write on. It's just, for me, it's always a matter of a time. It's never of what to do. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not the type to just rip up uh, like a 300, three to 500 word article. Like yeah. you're, you're putting a lot of meat <laughs> exactly, on the bones yeah. when you're creating a blog post. Um, and that's another piece of advice for anyone listening. Yeah, I would two blog posts that are like five thousand words each are way way better than ten blog posts that are three or four five hundred words each. So, just spend more time and less is 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 fine. Yeah, for sure. What's next for a product development? Anything new and exciting coming? A secret um, plugin we don't know about yet, or no a new, new product? On the uh, I think we have enough under a boat for right now. As long as we can keep continuing seeing growth, being small and nimble, we're really not looking for new new plugins to bring in more money because we're really focused on these right now. And I think for Perf Matters, we have new features coming for Google Core Web Vitals. Everything we're pushing out is how to solve more of those crazy warnings or how to fix things. So definitely be that. That update is coming in June. So yeah, everyone listening, just I would take time, look at your sites, see where you're standing at the moment. You don't want to get caught off guard with that stuff. And then for our social sharing plugin, we're actually going to be doing probably more focused on some block stuff with Gutenberg. So like widgets, I think here in 5.8 or I forget if, if they delayed it again, they keep delaying stuff. But if there's going to be blocks and widgets eventually. And so we're going to be doing some stuff with that, taking advantage of that stuff. That way... Because right now we have a widget and like short codes, but it's kind of like the old school way of doing things. And I'd love to drag a block here, drag a block there. Like it, it'll it'll be awesome, I think. So be focused on that. And then that's that's pretty much it. Our other affiliate marketing plugin, we don't have any new crazy huge features. That one's pretty well built out. So we're kind of just adding things as customers request it, kind of getting feedback, fixing bugs, obviously here and there. So. Well, I'm going to do uh, a new segment, which I, ha I haven't done segments in my podcast in, in literally years. But, you know, there's all of this WordPress consolidation happening. I'll predict that you will get acquired by 
Kinsta in a year. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my prediction because what will happen is Chris Lemma from Liquid Web will come knocking on your door and say, hey, this is a great plugin that would work amazing with our hosting stack. And then you'll take his offer and bring it back to the Kinsta guys and say, hey, remember me? I get this offer from your competitor, Chris. Wouldn't you rather buy me instead? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that out there on May 27th oh, yeah. as we record this. Well, I, I can't tell. I don't mind sharing. We've had multiple offers will be, already. And I'm pretty, probably every plugin developer has at this point. But the thing is, we don't want to sell because we don't want to work for other people again. That's, that's the reason we quit our jobs was so we don't have to work for other people and have a more chillax. Like if I want to leave in the middle of the day to go get food, I can, you know, do that. So just because you work from home for another company, it still doesn't mean you can like your schedules that chillax sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you just respond to Chris and say, <laughs> yeah. write me a chillax yeah. check. I want chillax um, bucks. That's what I want. I want it so I don't have to work for you and then I can take a couple of yeah. years off and but do my own thing. The, the one thing people might not realize about those acquisitions is that a lot of times you can't just step away because a lot of times they won't have developers that understand your plugin or like there'll be a long lead time to where you can step away from. And so like that's something not either of my my brother and I are interested in. But yeah, you never know what's going to happen five years from now. Liquid Web has been snatching up things left and right. Cadence, give. <laughs> yeah, the list goes on and on. It does actually worry me a little bit as far as what WordPress is going to look like, like five, 10 years from now. Like, is it going to be more just like Google, Amazon, Facebook? You're just going to have these huge companies running everything and no more little small guys anymore. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. We're going to, Brett and I are, my brother and I are just going to chug along until we ride the wave until we, maybe if, until it ends or so. But but yeah, it, it will be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I think not to go into another segment, which I call the tinfoil hat segment, is the, I think Jetpack and Automatic and Matt have sort of brought this a little bit more to the forefront or brought it upon themselves kind of thing when you see Jetpack doing absolutely everything. I think when I interviewed him, he might have called it like a market correction. I see that as just big dominant player rolling out a feature that small player can't compete with from everything from CRM to CDN to whatever, everything literally in Jetpack. And this will be the natural reaction to web hosts from web hosts because web hosts look at that and they go, well, we see what's coming. You'll just in another year or so make a click and host your free WordPress site on wordpress.com with a click of a button. A lot of web hosts are going to get scared (laughs) from that or of that, right? And there's just this quick mechanism they have to start to connect in. Uh, or serve static, you st- serve your site static with Jetpack CDN, right? And which is all, all already almost there kind of thing. And there's less of a need for that host uh, and their plans and all this stuff. So yeah, I, I can definitely see this all happening. It's going to be interesting to see how we react. And that's why I always say it's fine to start a, a form plugin these days. <laughs> Who cares? Because someone's going to acquire someone and then they'll, you'll just slide right into that next spot and say, hey, everybody, I'm here too. Right. Come and get me. There's plenty of opportunity, yeah. at least at this stage. And, of the and I was actually chatting, I won't say who, but chatting with another plugin developer that was actually asking my advice about an acquisition. Like, And they were running into the problem of how to scale to the next level, essentially. And like they were running into things that I've dealt with myself as far as like, how do we handle all this tax stuff, all the VAT stuff, all the... They're a smaller team and they were wanting they were just getting inundated with all these random things that like, if you like take an acquisition, 
you do get the benefit of they handle all the taxes, they handle all the accounting. So there are definitely advantages to say like, maybe you don't want to go work for another company, but like maybe maybe your day would be easier because all you have to worry about is, oh, okay, I can keep helping code the plugin, but I don't have to worry about any of the other crap that comes comes with it. So there's another, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we we eventually we eventually see these these founders come back around, right? They they do their year stint or two years at at the company, whatever the contract states, and they're back again yep. developing something all over again. That really depends on on your taste as a founder and as a business builder. Brian Jackson, everybody, you can find him. Well, you can find him at a lot of places. You can find him at perfmatters.io, novashare.io, forgemedia.io. You can find him at those three websites anywhere. Oh, yeah, I, I pretty him. much live on Twitter. It's just Brian Lee Jackson. You'll find me B-R-I-A-N. And uh, yeah, send me a tweet or a DM. Or if you're ever in Scottsdale, Arizona, tweet me. We'll meet up for coffee. I try to meet up. Anyone that tweets me here, I always meet them for coffee. It's kind of like a little thing I like doing. So yeah, anyone in the area, love to meet you. Cool, man. Everyone else, MattReport.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. Don't forget to tune in to the WP Minute podcast at the WP Minute.com. We'll see you in the next episode.